Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is BP and Paxton. Hi. Hello. This week, we're playing Kiwi Chowdown. The designer was Pepe Makba, who also did Party Panda Pirates. That's a single single title, not three games. That's okay. one, one game. Uh, the developer was William Burgos, who did Dodo's Riding Dinos and War for Chicken Island. And the artist was Evan Escalante, who did Dodo's Riding Dinos, War for Chicken Island, and Regroup Chicken Army. It was published in 2023 by Detestable Games. And the description... On a small island, flocks of ravenous kiwi birds race to the best spots for fruit and woe betide anything that stands in their way. Seasons are marked by the fruit harvest, which starts the competition. Push your flock in, construct nests, and increase the size of your kiwi by consuming fruit. After four seasons, the flock that controls the most terrain shall feast on the spoils. Would it be considered cannibalistic if kiwis ate kiwis? Well, I sent Dad a picture like a couple weeks ago that's a picture of two kiwi birds eating kiwi and just captioned cannibalism. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> and the mechanics are area majority influence, grid movement, income, and map reduction. And the box art? Paxson, how would you describe that box? It's kind of like cartoony and there's a lot going on like there's a random kiwi in the background flying and one has like a lobster claw that yeah. looks like one's like maybe a samurai or a ninja yeah like flying through the air maybe it's got some animal skull on its head now let's Let's moderate our use of the term flying, maybe more like leaping, since we know that Kiwi do not fly. Or or the Toy Story version, which is they're not flying, they're falling with style. Okay. Um, yeah, and then there's a bunch of Kiwi fruit at the bottom, some cut open, some not cut open. Um, all the fruit that I see looks like Kiwi to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back to your cannibalism question. I mean, I think... I mean, obviously not. Yeah, like real life now, it's not. Right. But it's um, just funnier. It is funny. Yes. Um, Yeah. So based on the box art and the description, would you pick it up off a shelf? Yes. It looks cartoony, whimsical. Um, I do like a good kiwi. Hey. (laughs) Paxton? Uh, I think so, yeah. The box art is really fun, and the description makes it sound like crazy. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, it has kiwi on the side, so I'm immediately going to pick it up. Uh, <laughs> and I backed it purely because it said kiwi, and I needed a game that had kiwi in it. I'm just hoping it's good. And Right. Uh, yeah, go. And then uh, the whole like detestable games. I haven't played any of the other stuff, but I kind of want to because they all have like silly premises, Mm -hmm. like the war for chicken Island, Dodo's writing dinos. uh, And they like to make cards that uh, like somewhere in this set of cards in this game is um, like refers to Dodo's writing dinos. Mm -hmm. And they have cards with Kiwis on them that go into their other games. So you can kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, they have references to their other games and inside games. So it's interesting. Uh, But yeah, I backed it on Kickstarter and um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So I would pick it up as well. So how do you guys think it's played? 
Well, area control. So we want to have, um, we have in front of us discs of a color that we have chosen. So I'm assuming we want to have those discs spread out, uh, covering as much area as possible. Um, I'm assuming that the territory that we're on is colored and that will resemble the fruit we can chomp on. Um, cause there, that's our economy. What are we going to be doing with the fruit once we eat it? I don't know. There's like, I know there's this, there's board like, with there's all the boards stuff. with like a lot of stuff. And like, it seems like if you spend like two fruit, you, Oh, you can move. So maybe you stack tokens or whatnot. So but yeah, I don't know. Probably eating helps you move and claim claim places with home bases. Map reduction, though, makes it sound like we're going to be losing some of the map pieces or some of them become closed off to being used. That's probably it. Okay. Okay. All right. We so eat fruit to move. We eat fruit to move. You know what? I mean, in real life, you kind of do. It's true. Uh, so the history of... You know what? The history of kiwi birds. Kind of, sort of. So New Zealand. Naturally. Where kiwis live. Naturally. Was not inhabited by humans until um, the general consensus among scholars is somewhere between 1250 and 1300 of the common era. So relatively recently, if you think about it. Right? Um, Probably from an Eastern Polynesian branch of peoples that migrated there as a planned settlement, either due to uh, a volcanic eruption, because as we know, that part of the world is subject to strong volcanic activity, or uh, internal strife and civil war. Um, Once they settled in New Zealand, they developed what uh, is now the Maori culture Mm -hmm. and peoples. Um, and, uh, were first visited by some Dutch in the 17th century. Uh, but the Dutch were woefully defeated by the Maori. And so we're not, uh, no European contact again until roughly the 1700s when James Cook, um, cataloged the coastline. And then in the early 19th century, the 1800s, when, Um, the British from Australia began uh, settling into the area. Uh, What's interesting is because there had been such a lack of human habitation and other kind of mammal prey in New Zealand, that's how you had the evolution of flightless birds because there was no prey that they had to fly away from. Um, So the kiwi is just, while one of the ones that has remained in existence, many of the other ones eventually once, right, more mammal were introduced to the island, fell extinct, or were hunted to extinction by humans. Um, 
And yeah, it's really interesting because a lot of the development of the flora and fauna was in isolation, leading to the really crazy biodiversity of New Zealand, um, but also a great extinction. Let me see if I can get some of the numbers of some of the animals and fauna. So uh, since human arrival, according to this article, um, almost half of the country's vertebrate species have become extinct, uh, including at least 51 birds, three frogs, three lizards, one freshwater fish, and one bat. Um, it's also interesting because some of their bat species and uh, insect species are considered, considered living fossils because of the isolation of New Zealand in comparison to uh, the introduction of other species. So, uh, yeah, so the kiwi uh, developed in New Zealand due to part of its uh, biological, environmental, geographical uh, isolation and therefore became flightless because there was no prey. Okay. Uh, well, do you guys want to know how to play? Yes. Sure. Okay. All right. So we are leaders of our own tribes of Kiwi, and that's what a group of Kiwi is called, is a tribe. Uh, and we are also Kiwi. We want to gain control of the island by establishing dominance over the other tribes, and players will earn victory points from this dominance, as well as building nests and completing objectives. The player with the most points at the end is the winner. The game lasts for four rounds, which are called seasons, and each, can, each season consists of four phases. So the first phase is the season change, um, which will have the turn order change. Obviously, we won't do this during the first season. We established that uh, with our who ate uh, fruit last. Who was the last person to eat fruit? And we established before recording that BP was the last one because she had a banana yesterday. Uh, so she'll be the first player, and then in subsequent seasons, we're going to pass the first player token around the board, around the table. Uh, in seasons two and four, uh, players are going to discard any of their used action cards, and those will be above our player boards. We're going to flip our leader back face up because we'll be able to use their ability. And then in turn order, players will gain the benefits of the nests that they've uncovered on their player board, and we uncover them by building them and placing them on the map. So that's the first phase. The second phase of a season is the action phase. So in turn order, players are going to take turns playing an action from their hand and then drawing a new card. You're going to play it above your player board and then perform the action for that card that you played. So uh, feed cards, they allow you to feed yours or other people's kiwis with fruit. The cost is determined by the current size of the kiwi. So if it's a size uh, uh, one kiwi, it costs two fruit in order to make it a size two kiwi. Three fruit to make it a size three kiwi. And then if you feed it four fruit, a size three kiwi will explode because it's eaten too much. Mm. So that's the feeding for moving, move cards allow you to take at least two move actions. So you have to take two move actions. After those two actions, you can take additional actions at a cost of two fruit per action. So when you move, you're gonna move any unmoved kiwi to an adjacent hex. In the destination hex, you may push up to two kiwi of smaller size to an adjacent hex or even off the island. 
Uh, and then you can use your uh, leader's ability as well. So those are the two actions that you can take. Uh, build cards allow you to build a nest in a hex where you have at least two Kiwi tokens, establish dominance, and there is no other nest. So the cost will depend on which row of the nest is on your flock board. So the top row uh, it costs two fruit and the bottom row costs three fruit. Uh, they'll provide an immediate bonus once you build it. And then during the season change, you'll get a bonus uh, for it as well. So that's the action phase. It'll end once everybody has taken three actions. Then we go into the season card resolution. So the objective for the current season card is reviewed and the player who beats all other players in that condition then gains the benefits of the left-hand side of the card and everyone else will gain the benefits of the right-hand side of the card in turn order. So that's the season card resolution. And then finally, we go to domain marking. In turn order, each player will place a domain marker where there is no other domain marker and they have established dominance. Dominance is having more Kiwi tokens than any other player. Kiwi count equal to their size. Leaders count as three and nests count as two. Uh, and they have at least one domain marker in their player reserve and the symbol matches the chosen hex. So on our domain marker, we'll have uh, it's both color and symbol, and then that color and symbol will correspond to one of the hexes on the player board. So then you would just play the dominance uh, to the that hex, and you're gonna take a, a kiwi bird from anywhere on the board and place it on top upside down. It no longer counts as a kiwi, but you've established dominance there. During seasons one through three, players can only place one dominance token. In the final season, they'll be, a play, be able to place as many as they are able. Uh, at the end of the fourth season, the game ends and players take their final score. Each domain marker is on, on the board is worth one victory point. Each nest from the second row that is built is a victory point, and some season objectives may provide victory points. The player with the most victory points is the winner. If there's a tie, the player with the most size three Kiwi on the board, followed by size two, followed by size one. And if it's still a tie, the player with the most unused domain markers is the winner. And those are all the rules. Well, let's chow down. We just finished a game of Kiwi Chowdown. To recap, BP had six Kiwi points. Paxton came in second with seven Kiwi points, and I won with nine Kiwi points. And my winning strategy, uh, I wanted to make sure that I got all the nests built, and then I tried to be, tried to move as much to places where I had dominance tokens. That was kind of my, and I was trying to figure out a way to get to a place where I could explode a Kiwi, but I wanted, I spent most of my fruit on building, so I just didn't have fruit in order to explode a kiwi, but trying to figure out a way that, because that exploding kiwi p pushes everybody out. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my my goal. So yeah, that was my strategy. Uh, Paxton, do you have a strategy? Um, not really. I was kind of just trying to complete the little goals at the top of the mm -hmm. each round. Which I feel like you did a really good... I think you completed... No, no. I lost both times. I, of the, I, of the I four? I completed most oh, of them. Oh, you completed yeah. most of them? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think I got a single one. 
No. Yeah. I got most of them. I got one, but I got three. MVP got three. Yeah. I don't think it was a winning strategy. Going for those? I mean, I got the lowest amount of score. Yeah. I feel like two of them were disparate because one was like, have the fewest Kiwis and mountains. And then the other one was have the most Kiwis and mountains. Yeah, it's just about moving around. And I had pretty good dominance. I just, I... I think the build was the way to go. I did not build as much as probably could have. Yeah, I just realized that like building those nests are what gave you stuff at the beginning yeah. of a, a season. And I feel like the faster you can get to that, the more you could use it in later. Like you really need to build like I think Paxton did a great job of like he really got the most out of his nests because. Yeah, because I had a lot of money at the start. I got seven to start with, so I just built the first time I could, and then I got everything done by, like, the third round. Yeah, so you gained a lot of benefit from those nests, whereas BP and I didn't build them as quick, I right. feel like. so. Well, because I also didn't build the whole first round because mm. I didn't know we were drawing, and I didn't have yeah, the build so- and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. yeah. So asterisks on your win there, yeah, Mister. Aster- well, let's be let's let's be real. There's always an asterisk on my wins. <laughs> uh, theme, um, Paxton. What did you think about the theme? Did you feel like a tribe of kiwi ravenously uh, running through the countryside? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What What made you feel like a ravenous kiwi? I mean, the one time where you were trying to build on a place and I moved there that counter the dominance that you had so then you couldn't build anymore that definitely felt like hey yeah i I feel like area majority yeah Yeah. i'm not sure i get the ravenous kiwi vibe right because one i don't know what a ravenous kiwi looks like or acts like um but i feel like they did capture the area majority and trying to do that well Mm so um table presence bp I mean, the cards are pretty cute. The Kiwis are pretty cute. Um, I know we'll eventually talk about some of the cards and stuff, but it gets a little crowded on the board and covers up some of the art on the board itself Um, and even the tokens. And just all the symbols are just like a little much. The reference card... uh, I finally figured that out, I suppose, but it's still, it's it's a little over overdone on the symbols. I feel like it's a little difficult to track with that. Yeah, and I think the one good part is, is like the art on the, the tiles isn't like super sure. important or even, I do appreciate that they're all different. Like each mountain spot is not the same mountain spot. They're all slightly different. So I do appreciate that. But yeah, I think there are some t- some hexes on this board that are. At one point, I was like, "Ooh, maybe we need to clean this up so that we know like what is in mm-hmm. what hex." Yeah. And especially with the leaders being larger models, um, one of the Kickstarter exclusive part bits that we didn't do uh, was all of these nests had molded oh, plastic. Wow like three-dimensional so it wasn't just the tokens it was more like the Mm. leaders so that you had those as well and i just was like ah it's just a lot of plastic and a lot of stuff for a game that i'm not sure right about so i didn't get those um but i would imagine that that would make it even busier having you know larger 3d 
Nests. It might make the table presence that much more eye-catching. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think like when you have the dominance token on there and then you have a a nest token and you have your because mm-hmm. like on the one that we were fighting over, I have there's one token where I have a lot of kiwis and I have a nest and dad has a lot of kiwis and it's just really crowded and I couldn't tell like if some were on this board or some were on another board and it gets really crowded yeah. if you have a lot of things on the tile. Yep. Um, the one nice part about the map though is it does scale based on player count. So there are mm. player boards. Uh, so we have three because we're playing a three player game, but you add an additional one for a fourth player and the game will actually the Kickstarter included a five-player expansion. Mm-hmm. So there's a fifth board as well to expand it out. So this isn't the same size board that everybody plays with. It does expand to the player count, which I think would be important. Mm-hmm. But I can only imagine like how busy this board would be at five players. So uh, mechanics. Um So I don't think it was anything crazy. Like we've played plenty of games that are just action selection. The cards do add a little bit of like, how do I want to do this? Because you don't necessarily know what you're going to end up with. Uh, In the first round, we forgot to draw cards. So we just drew three cards and that's what we played with. So that gets back to BP's point of like, yeah, we kind of messed that up. Um, I do like the feeding and where you like Mm -hmm. strategically placing uh, kiwis around. In fact, it says, hey, if you need to place a kiwi and you have to take it from like a larger one, you know, maybe the kiwi went on a diet. And that's what it says <laughs> in the rule book. And it just slimmed down. So I think, you know, mechanically it's not crazy, but it is interesting uh, for that area of majority and dominance and all that kind of stuff. I feel like it, that area of majority piece is a little different than what we've seen in other games. So what'd you guys think of the mechanics? I thought... It was a kind of a lot at first, but after you play like around, it's fairly simple and isn't that complicated. Was there a mechanic that you liked more than others or? Um, I mean, I like the cards that like kind of give you like a, a random option of what to do. The wild ones. Yeah. Yeah. And just like the, you have three chances to do something. And then you get a new one after you play it, which is nice. There were definitely lots of opportunities. I agree. I think there were a lot going on the first round. Um, I will say there's also a lot of take that, and I don't remember. I feel like there's a lot of take that in this game. I think there can be, yeah, for sure. I mean, just the moving piece. I thought it was interesting that you can feed other, like when it goes back to like a way to make them explode, like... I was really looking at like, how could I feed somebody else's Kiwi to make them explode? Um, Cause I think that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, going back to mechanics, I think that would be the mechanic that I would find the most interesting is like, there's some tactical thought to how do I feed? And like you get, there's an additional bonus to feeding somebody else's Kiwi, which is right. you get two dominance tokens vice just the one. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, the take that was definitely big because in the round, in the third round when you were trying to have the most kiwis on the cherry blossoms and BP had the three, two stacks right here and yep. I used my character to bump them all out. Yeah. That was a, no, mm-hmm. you don't get the, and then I still lost. <laughs> yeah. 
but I lost less. Yeah. Uh, rules, I think, Paxton, you kind of already hit on learning the game. Do you have anything else to add? No. BP? I think I already mentioned that um, it definitely is a learning curve, not just going through the round, but learning the symbols and what they all mean. Um, I think it might be a little overwhelming if you're new to gaming in general and new to the game for sure. Yeah. And, you know, when I do a teach for the first time, especially with a game that I haven't played, it can be hard, like for that initial teach, like how do I want to teach this? And it really takes like a second or third playthrough where you finally figure out, okay, if I'm going to teach the game, here is where I, how I want to do that teach. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's anything I would change because I'm not sure how I would adjust the teach to make it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I think, I mean, the the reference card does do a good job of, you know, what the individual symbols are. And I, I think I got it pretty close to the end where I was just like, I could look at it and be like, okay, this is what you get, which means that the symbols aren't bad. Right. It just, I think you're right. It takes some time and effort to get behind it. And I think if you're not used to games, it can be it could be daunting, I think, mm-hmm. especially when the board gets this busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, player interaction. What do you think about player interaction, Paxton? I don't think that there, I mean, there was definitely some player interaction, but like not a lot. I feel like there would have been more like if we actually tried to blow up other people's Kiwis or like there was more take that. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I think there's because you, you do have to. It, make that tactical decision, right? Are you going to focus on what you're doing? Or are you going to focus on trying to curb somebody else? Yeah. Um, but I feel like there, it, I, at first I was afraid, like, you know, I was just going to be waiting for you guys to finish your turn so I could go, but I already know what I want to do. But it could be completely changed by the time it got to your turn. So you did have to pay attention to what other people were doing. I feel like, so I was trying to get dominance in that one hex and I had it. On my turn. Right. And then I looked away and then it was my turn again, like pretty quick. Right. And I went to go do the, like exactly what you're saying. I went to go do the thing I was like, okay, I'm going to establish dominance. I'm going to build a nest there. And then like, I went to go play it and it was like, the kid took away the dominance. Right. Oh yeah. I I threw away my entire turn purposely to do that. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, for the player interaction, I think it will depend on the group right. because it could be more take thatty than it than depending on the players. But I feel like the game forces you to do some of that. Like I don't think you could play the game and do well without some of that because like the only way you gain points is building those nests and placing those domain tokens. And you have to establish dominance in order to do that, which means you've got to move other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so the uh, the ultimate question, quintessential, you might say, quintessential. Uh, would you play it again, Paxton? Yes. What made you? What makes you say yes? Um, it's fun, and the art is cool, and I think it's just a cool game. Okay. Good. BP. Yeah, I think I would. Uh, what makes you want to play it again? Uh, I think the the table presence, even though it's a little busy, I do, you know, and it's Kiwis. I do like a Kiwi. Yeah. Yeah. I would play it again too. I think um, one, it was relatively quick. We played it in less than an hour uh, with learning it. 
Um, so I think that's good. Um, it did take a little bit to set up, but I feel like, you know, once we kind of know like, okay, this is what we need in order to set up, it would be pretty quick in the, in the future. Um, and I think it's just like a good, interesting take on the area majority. So, um, yeah, I would definitely play it again. And that was our play of Kiwi Chowdown. So if you have any recommendations you would like to hear our impressions on, just send them our way. You can do so via email. It is firstturntabletop at gmail, or we are on Twitter and Instagram at firstturncast. And the podcasting camel says as he's chowing down on some kiwi fruit. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. Map reduction. I feel like chicken tonight. Sorry. What? <laughs> Nothing. Ignore him. Commercial from when you were born. Oh, okay. Move on. Um.